extravagant mission. Excellent. Where are we? Let's pray. Um, can we just stand? We sat down for quite a while, so let's just stand for a moment. Let's just pray. Father, we love you, God. We've been worshipping you. We've been worshipping the God of the nations. And already in the songs, we've been singing about how you're exalted above all the, over all the earth. You're the one who reigns and rules, and we exalt you in all the earth. And as we look this morning at this topic of extravagant mission, and particularly the God of the nations, the one who's on a mission in the nations, Lord, I pray that you would lift up our eyes to see you, first and foremost, for who you really are, Lord God. And then in the light of that, to see what you called us to. So come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, speak to each one of us in this room, we pray. If we're a bit sleepy, wake us up, whether that's physically or spiritually. Wake us up, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Please grab a seat. And uh, as many of you are aware, or some of you probably are aware, hopefully, especially if you are on Facebook, um, uh, a couple of weeks ago I did return from a trip to the Philippines and Dubai. And so if you ask, why did I go to the Philippines in Dubai? The answer isn't just to have a nice holiday. In fact, it wasn't really a holiday at all. It was very uh, busy. And uh, it certainly wasn't to enjoy the lovely warm weather because 90% of the time you're in these freezing cold um, rooms. And uh, just why do they... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm trying to get... <laughs> but it was an amazing trip, praise God. And uh, really, I went, in, I went into this context new. It's a new connection in the Philippines for us as a church. Fuzi, uh, one of the guys that we um, connect with as a church in Dubai, one of the leaders in Dubai, he asked me to go. So I followed orders, really, and uh, <laughs> I felt God confirm it in my heart. And as I went, I was stepping into the mission of God. That's what I was doing. I was stepping into this big mission of God all over the world. And I was reminded again, as, as I was there, how it's so easy to forget what the mission of God is. It's so easy to limit the mission of God to me and my family and my road and my town and my city and even my nation. And actually, the mission of God extends throughout all of the earth and actually expands the whole of history. And every time, or our whole lives really are part of the mission of God. It's not that you suddenly go and do mission. We're, it is all part of the great big mission of God that has always existed and, and exists all over the earth. And it's such a helpful context to have in our minds that this is what we, this is who we are. We're a people on mission partnering with the God of mission. Yes. Amen. Thanks, John. And, uh, and so just, we're going to be looking at that, um, and I'm quite excited about it, as hopefully you can tell already. But just to get us in there, I thought I'd share a little bit of um, some of the photos and some of the experiences from the Philippines, um, just to help catch you up a little bit. You can only do it partially um, this morning. So the Philippines, there it is in the world, for those who don't know, uh, in Asia. And uh, there's 7,000 islands just over in the Philippines, and about 2,000 of them are inhabited. Uh, so... There's a lot of work to be done, a lot of islands to be reached uh, with the gospel. And uh, there's a map of the Philippines. And if you can see it up in the top area, there's a little box on the map, a little square, um, which has Manila in it. So I went to Manila, um, which is in the north, north of, of, of the Philippines. And Manila, Manila is a crazy city, very, very busy, um, 13 million people. And actually, it's made up of 16 cities. Metro Manila is made up of 16 cities. Um, and I was in two of those cities within Manila over the time. Uh, one was uh, in the northern part, uh, a city called Kazan City, um, which is in the northern part of Manila, um, with a church called uh, House of Grace Fe- uh, 
City of Grace Fellowship. Uh, they have grace in the name, it's very confusing. City of Grace Fellowship, um, which is a young church, um, uh, about 100 or so people, um, and yeah, full of passion, full of excitement for Jesus, um, and led by a fairly young couple in their early 40s. And then uh, the rest of the time in a, in a church in the south called um, House of Grace Church, um, led by an older couple. Um, and both churches have have plants. They're sort of both one church and two congregations, a little bit like us. Um, and so it was interesting just seeing how they do things and how that's developing there. And my time there was spent... Um, preaching on Sundays, teaching on the Holy Spirit for a couple of days during the week, and uh, just spending time with the leaders and with the church, getting to know them, which was a real joy. And it's great, because I went not knowing what God was going to do, uh, and sort of think, yeah, I want this to be worthwhile. I, you know, it costs money to get there, and it costs time away from my family. Uh, <laughs> cost Claire a lot more than me. Um, and, um, and it was amazing, just feeling the connection that God God brought while I was out there, and definitely the start of, I think, an ongoing fruitful connection for me, but uh, I believe for us as a church going forward, which is exciting. So this is the, the church, I said, the younger church, uh, City of Grace Fellowship. Um, they hire a room above a shop. Um, they have two, con- two meetings because you can only fit about seven, 70 in, each, in, in the room. Um, uh, just to prove I was doing something. So, yeah. I, I set that up, really, so I didn't, you know. Uh, it was for show. Um, uh, these are two of the guys, two of the leaders. So the guy on the left um, yeah, is a guy called Kim in the pink. He's um, the guy who leads the church. And on the right is a young guy, 20, 24, called Michael, who leads the second congregation, which is about an hour north in the province of Bulacan, to the north of Manila, which has been going for just over a year. Uh, and this is the sort of wider team, um, two other guys on that as well. Um, and this is the other church. Uh, it's much bigger, about 300 people and much wealthier, uh, as you can kind of tell by that building. And um, this is their own building. It's a two-story building um, and just an amazing church. The Filipinos are in, an incredible people. Uh, I don't enjoy the traffic, but I enjoy the people. So that's the main thing. And uh, just incredibly joyful, real sense of community and family and fun in being together. This is Eden and Faye, um, the, the, who lead this other church, and one of their sons, Joshua. Uh, one of the life groups I, I, I spoke at the church. And uh, this larger church has a feeding project every day. Uh, kids come in from the local sort of um, shacks, I guess, and uh, they, they, they feed them, um, which is fantastic. And an amazing um, way into the community as well. So the, one of the ladies who helped run this became a Christian through her son coming, coming through this. And lots of them come to church and um, really impacting the community in that way. So... That's the Philippines. This is a map um, of the world, in case you hadn't realized. And um, <laughs> this is just to help show, you know, as we're just giving into the Regions Beyond offering, um, these are all the nations that Regions Beyond currently um, exists in, the, color, the colored nations, different colors. And I guess that's just to help differentiate, separate them out, rather than any real significance about the colors. Um, so that's... and. Yeah, the Philippines, obviously, is just one small aspect of that. And on my return, I spent three days in Dubai at this uh, conference, Gospel Advance Conference. Fuzi um, led this conference. He basically invited people, from leaders from around the world who he's in connection with, um, have rela- has relationship with, to just share together, learn from one another. There were six sessions where someone spoke on a topic, but most of it was uh, discussion, hearing from one another, hearing what's going on in different contexts, and praying for one another. And we're going to do some praying, all being well. Uh, we will do at the end. Um, 
where I share some of the things that came up from this, from this gathering and some of the nations that were there, some of which um, are in very challenging places. And at that point, I'll ask the recording to be stopped, if that's okay. Just give some warning. Psalm 67. Let's read this together. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. I have to say that next bit. That just means pause. That, that, that your way may be known on earth. Your saving power among all nations. Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Extravagant mission. What's extravagant mission all about? Extravagant mission, in my mind, obviously it's up to, open to interpretation, but when I think of extravagant mission, one of the key things that comes to my mind is that it is glocal. You know that word? Well, you do now, and I'll tell you what, it's in, it's in the online Oxford Dictionary, so I, I looked it up. Uh, and glocal, according to the online Oxford Dictionary, uh, means that uh, you are reflecting or characterised by both global and local considerations. And as a church, we want to be glocal. We want to be reflecting and characterised by both global and local considerations. And so really the big thing I want you to leave this morning with is that your vision is, for some of us it's already there, but your vision is, is expanded again to see that what you are called to as an individual and what we are called to as a church is global. We've got mission on our, on our doorstep. We've got mission, mission in Gilesgate, in Chester Street, in Belmont, in the villages you come from, in your city, in your town. But we've also got mission to the nations and it's not one horizon or the other, it's both together. We need to keep both in our minds, both in our hearts, both in our focus. And it's so easy to reduce it to just what we see here. And we want to have our minds blown again by the bigness of God's mission and God's vision. And in this psalm, we see a couple of things. We see, first of all, God's heart for the, for the nations, or the, or the psalmist's heart, I said, which reflects God's heart for the nations. So let's just highlight those. Your way may be known on earth your saving power among all nations. This is, a, this is someone in Israel. One part of the, and yeah, he's got a heart for the nations, which actually was not necessarily characteristic of Israel at the time. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. We want that to be our longing. That as we're praying, as we're thinking, as we're reflecting about our lives, that we're thinking with this big picture, this big vision for the nations. But also, really interestingly in this psalm, we see that the blessing of the world is connected to the blessing, to, to our blessing, to, to the blessing of God's people in a, specific, in a particular place. So, verse 1, may God be gracious to us and bless us. And make his face shine upon us so that your way may be known on earth and your saving power among all nations. Do you see how they connect together? 
We want to be blessed, but we don't want to be blessed just for ourselves or even just for our, our small you know, community that we're connected to around, around this church, but actually for the sake of the nations, blessed to be a blessing. Verse 7, God shall bless us, then straight away let all the ends of the earth fear him. Blessed to be a blessing. In other words, we should pray for blessing on ourselves for the sake of the nations. And as we are blessed, the nations are blessed. Do we believe as we are blessed, whether that's spiritually, whether that's materially, I mean, today is a wonderful demonstration of that. God has blessed us in an amazing way. And as we are blessed and as we allow the blessing that God has blessed us with in all sorts of way to flow through us, then the nations will be blessed. They're not going to be blessed if we're blessed and yet we're just focused on ourselves or on our own um, locality. We're blessed, they're blessed as we're blessed, and we have the heart of God for the nations. John Piper, I think, puts it brilliantly. He says this, If God blesses his people for the sake of the nations, then God is most likely to bless us when we are planning and longing and praying to bless the nations. If God wants his goods to get to the nations, then he will fill the truck that's driving towards the nations. And this blessing isn't payment for a service rendered. It's power and joy for a mission to accomplish. We are leaping into the river of blessings that is already flowing to the nations. In other words, this is already God's heart. This is what God's doing. This has always been God's heart. And we need to get stuck in. We need to join in. We need to get in the flow. We need to... We need to Get our car, our lorry, our truck, our massive, great, whatever it is, going to the nations, and then God will fill it. You want to be blessed? Start giving away today. Give away to the nations. If you haven't given yet, give next week. Give to the nations. It's not that God says, oh, right, sort of, you know, you give, therefore I'll give back to you. It doesn't work quite a bit. But as we give away, particularly with this, with this heart for the nations, as we, as, we, as we think about our lives with that perspective, God will meet every need that we have. It's his promise. It's his declaration. Not only is it there in the Bible, I believe, not only does John Piper, who's a much lower authority in the Bible, say it very helpfully for us, but also God's spoken this prophetically over us. And it's already been mentioned, but just to reiterate, well, I think it's been mentioned, maybe mentioned in the prayer meeting, I can't remember. It's been mentioned somewhere. Look to the nations and I will give you Durham. And now in our minds, in our hearts, that's sort of been expanded to, the, to County Durham. Look to the nations. And this region, I will give you, God has spoken to us many, many years ago, way before my time. I don't even know the year. Does anyone know the year that, that word was shared, roughly? Oh, 94, there we are. <laughs> 1994. I was alive. Don't worry. Um, and and, uh, and, uh, and in, our, in our vision statement... Everyone knows this, I know, who's been here more than three weeks. But we're called to be a growing, charismatic family church with a world vision. And that's not just tagged on there because it you know, makes it sound a bit more full and complete. It's, it's, part of, it's a part of the DNA that God has put in us as a church community. Blessed to be a blessing. I don't know if it reminds you of anything else in the Bible. Certainly reminds me of Genesis chapter 12. The Lord said to Abraham, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great. I bet he's hearing, wow, this is pretty good. So that you will be a blessing. 
I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I don't know how Abraham felt when he heard that. He probably fell over, at least. (laughs) Wow. This guy, all he really wants is a son. (laughs) Abraham is there at this point. They're not particularly worried about it. And yet God suddenly has, has, has planted this seed in their hearts, and they are caught up in the great big purposes of God. And some of us here might even think, all I really want is, is some money to get by through the next week. All I really want is, is this relationship, that's, and then I'll be blessed. And all I really want is this job. And God says, actually, yes, he will, he will give us many of these things at the right time. But actually, what God really wants is for your vision to be expanded. And all of these things that he blesses you with now and in time to come is caught up in his great purpose and his great mission. That's extravagant mission. It's when we see that actually this is God's mission. It's not my little mission that I'm just doing. It's God's mission that he is catching us up in. And... The, God's amazing, really, because (laughs) in all sorts of ways. Um, But every human being that he has ever created, which is quite a few, he loves with an everlasting love. And so that means the most, that the person in the most remote tribe who's never even heard the gospel yet, God knows deeply and intimately. There may be even no... You know, there was that news story this week in India and uh, this remote tribe. And, you know, there's no connection with, with, with civilization maybe. And yet God knows and loves them deeply. Even in the Northeast, there are many, 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 many people who have never really heard about Jesus. Increasingly, we've got unreached people groups in many ways on our doorsteps. Where generation after generation, Jesus hasn't really been known or the truth of that Jesus just hasn't been known. God loves them deeply and he knows them deeply and his desire is that we start getting something of the heart of God. And when, just as a caveat, in case anyone is really concerned, when I talk about God's heart for the nations, I'm talking about all nations and that includes this nation. <laughs> and that includes the Northeast and it includes Durham and it includes Chester Street and wherever you're from. And so that's all part of the big picture. And it's always been on the heart of God, right at the start of the Bible. Genesis 1, verse 28. God made Adam and Eve. He blessed them. There it is again. God loves to bless. He blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. He didn't bless them and say, have a nice time in this garden, guys. He blessed them and said, right, there is, there is a purpose that I am already on, a mission that I am already on, and I am calling you to come and be part of that. In this context, it's basically blessed to be a blessing. It's, it's the same thing, just in different terminology. He's blessed, they're blessed to take the image of God and the glory of God to the ends of the earth. And sometimes we might think, well, that's the Old Testament. This is all very Old Testament. And uh, yeah, we're New Testament Christians. Obviously, we believe in the authority of the Old Testament. But maybe that was for them. What about, what about us in the New Testament? Um, has it narrowed down a little bit? Now we can just focus more on our locality. And, you know, I don't think so. <laughs> in fact, completely the opposite is what the Bible says. Because something decisive happened 2,000 years ago when Jesus Christ came to the earth. Because actually Israel... 
had, although obviously that psalm was an exception, but on the whole, they had focused in on themselves as a nation much of the time. And this heart for the nations had often been lost in the nation of Israel. And, um, and still up to the point when Jesus came, the people of God were predominantly Jewish. And so this vision for the nations wasn't really getting that far. And yet then Jesus came. And Jesus was the fulfillment of the promise given to Abraham. He was the seed of Abraham who came, the descendant of Abraham who came. He was the blessed one who, through whom there would be a blessing to the ends of the earth. He was the one who was the only faithful Israelite. All the other Israelites, however good they may have been throughout history, a bit like us as Christians, you know, it's not down on Israel, it's just we are, as human beings are faithless to God so much of the time. And yet Jesus Christ came as a Jew and he was faithful and he was perfect in every way. And not only that, he then died on a cross. And his death on a cross has all sorts of significance. But Galatians 3 is helpful for this context. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. The blessed one became a curse. For it is written, curse is everyone who hanged on a tree and he died on a cross for us. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham, that promise we've just been talking about, might come to the Gentiles. And Gentiles really just means non-Jewish nations. So the nations. So that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. You see? Wow. Jesus became cursed. The blessed one became cursed. So that we, the ones who stand under a curse by nature, because of our selfishness and our God rejection and our sin, can stand under the blessing of God. We can be blessed to be a blessing. An amazing exchange happened on the cross. Jesus took the curse. We get the blessing so undeservedly, so beautifully, gloriously, graciously. Jesus says, have blessing from God through me. Don't earn it. This is given for you. This is given to you. Be blessed. Be blessed. And again, if you think you're here and you're, not, you're, you're a Christian and you are not blessed currently, know that you are blessed. You are blessed. Ephesians 1 verse 3 says that in Christ Jesus, every spiritual blessing is ours in the heavenly places. I don't really know what that means, but it means it's pretty huge. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, that's just pretty, pretty, pretty big. (laughs) And it's pretty good. And I want that and I've got that. I might not always feel like I've got it, but I've got it. You are blessed. Before we can be vehicles who take blessing out, we need to know that we are blessed to be a blessing. And in case you're still wondering if you're blessed, and, and if this is, this is really for us today, this whole nations thing and this big mission that we're called to be a part of, Jesus himself... Oh, yeah, and there's this. Um, before we get there, oh, this is quite helpful. <laughs> uh, Thinking about slides, they prompt you. Um, uh, <laughs> Um, this is, might, might be helpful, it might not, but we'll go through it anyway. The, in the Old Testament, this, this was kind of the paradigm, the inner triangle. God, Israel, and the land. And this was the way that it was worked. It was never God's ultimate plan. God's ultimate plan was always for all of humanity and all of the earth. And in Christ Jesus, that small paradigm, which sometimes we can still work with if we're not careful. It's us, it's um, Emmanuel Church, and it's Durham. No, it's not. <laughs> Yes, that's a part of it, but this part of the bigger picture of, of, of God, of um, humanity, all of humanity and the ends of the earth. We need to have this big view. And then 
to move on to what I was going to say, Matthew 28, verses 18 and 20, Jesus came to his disciples. He'd just risen from the dead. And he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I bet at that point I thought, great, go for it, Jesus. And then he says, go, therefore, you go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations is a repeat of God saying, I'm blessing you for the, for the, to be a blessing to the, ends, to the families of the earth which is a repeat of God saying to Adam and Eve, I'm blessing you, now fill the earth and subdue it and take the image, the glory of God out. This is always being God's heart. And now we live in the age where it is a reality. And he says to you, and he says to me, will you partner with me? This is, this is, this is a new era. Okay, it's been going for 2,000 years. But this is a new era in the context of humanity. That's still pretty new. And I'm calling you to be a part of of it. And the way that the blessing goes ultimately is through making disciples. It's through leading people to Jesus. Yes, we serve people. We love people. We, we do all sorts of things. But the best way we can love them and bless them is by pointing them in words and in deeds to Jesus Christ. That's the blessing. That's the place of blessing. But I don't know about you, but when I, when I just stop and reflect on how Abraham and Sarah would have felt and how these disciples would have felt particularly when they heard these words, all I could think is they must have been utterly, utterly inadequate. Felt inadequate. Abraham and Sarah were pretty old. And uh, I mean, they're, pe- they're obviously people of faith. The Bible speaks of that, about that, but they also laughed at the promises of God sometimes. Um, and so, you know, shows faith doesn't have to be perfect. But, you know, they were just in inadequate, ordinary people. Abraham actually was, was, you know, he wasn't great. He slept with another woman to try and hurry up the purposes of God. The disciples were very ordinary people. They probably felt very weak when they heard this. Some of them were fishermen, you know, tax collectors, just, you know, just ordinary people who hadn't really gone much out of, you know, the area of Israel that they were in. And God's saying, now I'm calling to make disciples of all nations. And you might feel quite ordinary. I really do. When I had to prepare to go to the Philippines, I felt utterly inadequate. And I was like, God, why on earth am I going here? Uh, send someone else. Um, is this even the right thing? All these sorts of things. And yet God seemingly seemed to use me a little bit. So praise him because it's his grace. It's his, it's his power at work within us. God loves to use weak things. That's the other part of this extravagant mission. Not only is it big as it extends to the ends of the earth and all of human history, it is also really small in that it extends to little old me and little old you. He says, I want to use you. That's extravagant because God could do it himself. And yet he says he wants to incorporate you and me in all of our weaknesses. I take great encouragement by this passage. I love it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, consider your calling, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. Maybe some of you can say, yep, that's me. But for me, as in you are noble birth and powerful. But most of us wouldn't be able to say yes to that. I certainly can't. But God chose 
what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. Hallelujah. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world. Some of you here might feel like you're low and despised and no one else really wants to use you. No one else really cares about you. And yet God says, I choose such people. You are just the right person for my purposes and my extravagant mission. And even things that are not, that's pretty, that's like, yeah, you can't really get much less than that, can you? To, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God, because it's his mission, and it's for his glory. That's why he loves to do it, because it's not about us. He just wants to use us. So if you go from here and say, oh, no, thanks, God, I'm fine, thank you. Um, yeah, you don't suddenly lose your salvation. This isn't about putting guilt on, or you know, there's endless chances anyway. You don't, and God can use many other people. It's just if you want to be blessed... <laughs> really blessed and really experience more of the full life that God has for his people. And I encourage you to start in, in small ways, stepping into this big, big mission. And uh, I love this story, which many of you may have heard. I've heard it in a few sermons before, of these uh, starfish that were washed up onto the beach. And an old man was walking along, and he spotted in the distance a little, a little boy. And he saw him throwing things into the sea. So he went up, and he saw that he was picking up starfish and throwing them into the sea. And he said to, he said to this boy, what are you doing? I'm, I'm, I'm afraid you're not really going to make much difference. There's, there's tens of thousands of these starfish on the sea, on, on the beach. And the boy bent down, picked up another one. Chucked it into the sea as far as he could. And he looked at the man and he smiled. He said, it made a difference for that one. It made a difference for that one. It made a difference for that one. And God says to you this morning, he says to me this morning, you might not think you have much. You might not think you have much money. You might not think you have much ability to even pray sometimes. You might not think you're able to ever to go somewhere. You might not think you... You have much even with your neighbors and your friends and your work colleagues. But God says every one single person that you impact in however small a way makes a difference in his great purposes. Because it's not all about you. It's about God's mission. But he calls us to enjoy partnering with him. Extravagant mission should be fun. It shouldn't be putting guilt on us and saying, oh, I've got to do this again. Or Alpha again. That year's gone down so quickly. It's Alpha again. I've got to invite someone again. Or it's a gift day again. I've got to give away to the nations again. But God says, partner, this is, this is fun. Let's do this together. And let's see how you'll be blessed and how the nations will be blessed as you do it with me. And so practically, just the last couple of minutes, and then we're going to pray and then hear one, from one more person. I think we've got time. Ten minutes to go. And... <laughs> um, how do we do it? Well, I've, I've shared some of them. So going, giving, and praying. That's kind of three obvious ones in terms of ways, in terms of how we can participate in the, the many other ways in terms of the locality, but I'm focusing on the nations as you're gathering today. And so going, there may be opportunities, and there will be opportunities for many of us to go. And um, if, you, if you're here this morning, you just even feel this morning, whether, whether it's a nation that's been mentioned or another nation entirely, and you feel like there's a desire in your heart to go somewhere that God's given you, then you know, start the conversation with us. We want to. We want to help. We want to help facilitate things. I mean, I know we're already um, fundraising with two, two, two ladies out there in terms of them 
going to the nations and we want to help even if funding's an issue we can we, can, we need to work together and think right if someone's got a heart to do this let's see if we can make this happen giving we've done it this morning <laughs> and that's that's our heart as, as 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 a church we give away we don't just store up for ourselves we give away we've heard the vision for opposite and, and it's about it's about god blessing us to be a blessing and so uh, let's have the same mindset as individuals and just practically, um, hopefully in the e-news, if I can get my act together, uh, in the up-and-coming e-news, if you're not signed up for e-news, please sign up through the website. There's a little post. Um, there, are, there are two practical opportunities within regions beyond family in terms of individual giving that you, that, that you might want to partner with. So one that I heard about in Dubai was a, was a man called George who leads the church in Liberia. And they have schools um, they're starting. And it's in, ter- in terms of a way of starting churches and impacting the communities. They've just also planted now in Guinea across the border. And um, they need finance. But $60 a student can finance someone through a year. $60. So some of us might say, either in $60 in one go, I can, I can pay for a student. Or $5 a month, I could do that. Um, you know, whatever that is in pounds, fairly similar. Um, I, I can do that. And so if that's you, hopefully... Through e-news, there'll be a way of, of letting me know and I can try and put people <laughs> put, make that happen. Then please do let us know. And also, um, another friend of mine, a guy called Michael, who leads the church in Rio, um, has just started English, um, English classes, basically, um, as a way of reach evang- evang- evangelism. And already they're seeing new people come to their church, a very, very small church in Rio. Um, but he's just gone full-time. So Rio's beyond funding his sort of, church salary but the his dad set up a separate charity to help fund the other half of his salary in terms of the the school stuff that he's doing and again if that's something you feel that's that national that as you say that's been put on my heart please do let me know again as we communicate about those two opportunities and thirdly praying we can all pray we can all pray and my uh, your prayer might be to start lord start putting this on my heart (laughs) that actually I'm not just focused really locally, but I'm also focused globally. Pray through that Psalm 67 and ask God to make that a reality in your heart, those desires and those longings. And so what I want to do, um, I'm going to get, please could you, oh, there we go. Um, I'm going to get uh, Dave and Chris up in a moment to share something about what we're doing in Chester Street. But um, I'd love us just to pray. So can we stand? We're going to do some like, You've been quiet for a long time. So the response today primarily is praying together. And there'll be an opportunity to pray, obviously, for Caroline and others at the end. Um, we're going to go through a few nations. I'm going to read out the points. And then I want a, bur- a minute's burst of prayer. Uh, and then we'll move on to the next, okay? Because we can do that together. So Philippines, Grace City. That's uh, this younger church in Lagra. They need a bigger venue to hold a meeting as God grows them. They need new leaders. And they're about to ch- plant a church in Tarlac in the north next year. House of Grace. They're starting a new service for young adults. Pray for that. And they've also got two church plants they want to see happen next year. So let's just go for it, Lord. We thank you for this nation. And Lord, we pray, God, that we would see your kingdom come in the Philippines. Lord God, we pray that there would be a stirring of hearts. Lord God, that you would move.
improve people in that nation, Lord God, that there would be, that the plants would be successful, would be established, Lord God, that we'd see lives changed, Lord, we pray for new leaders, Lord, we pray, God, would you bless them, would you flourish that church, Lord God, in every way, I pray, Holy Spirit, would you bless them to be a blessing, Lord, Lord God, grow them, expand them, I pray for these young adults, Lord, and these young people, Lord, I pray that they would be released into a new thing, Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah, thank you, God, Lord, we just speak blessing over the nation of the Philippines, in Jesus' name, you see those points on the screen, and Lord, in every one of those, we say, bless them, Lord, to be a blessing, in Jesus' name, amen, if we could move on, um, please, to the next slide. Um, we're doing two at once. These there's two more slides. There'll be two nations on each of these. Um, and if we could stop the recording, um, be helpful. Um, uh, Liberia.